Welcome to The Beanball, the most exciting podcast about the most boring sport. I am Brady O'Callaghan. And I am Joey Price. And we are together again via Google Hangouts um, in the quarantine era. We are joined today by our good buddy, Sean O'Reilly. Hey, everybody. Hey, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, you guys ready for this noise? that pick up or no? No. <laughs> okay, well, I just took a screenshot of this uh, conversation and was oh, hoping that the okay. uh, camera noise would no. pick up, but it didn't. We'll put oh, it in both. We I just I, I want to say though, I want to say though that I'm thankful because I like I put on a brave front, but I wasn't ready for that for that noise. <laughs> okay, so. that, Here, you know what? I think I can probably get that noise to come up just because my computer's hooked up directly to the soundboard. So wait, uh-huh. Joey, try it again. Say cue okay, it. Okay, you guys uh, are you guys ready for this noise? Yeah, this time I'm ready. Oh, wait, you didn't hear it, did you? No, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Damn, this is crazy. Well, I this is it, a good I, use I of hope, time. I, <laughs> I hope it recorded both times. I really do. I really hope it recorded. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah, that would that be, would be good. Time. Everyone suddenly yeah. just really hits up that email that we yeah. have, and it's just like, hey, you, sure, there's something sure. wrong with you guys. His history with baseball. He's a big New York Mets fan. The Metropolitans, that's right. Mets and um, uh, un- the Union a little bit, and kind of where things stand with that and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. We thought it would be nice to tap Sean. Um, you know, we're this is a big weird year for uh, baseball in the country, and uh, labor and workers. And mm-hmm. potentially baseball president Bernie Sanders. So we, we one thought, can one can only hope. Yeah, we thought he'd yeah. be just the right oh, guy man. to do that. Um, we, I, we would. I would love it. Yeah. Um, so Sean, uh, how'd you get into yeah. baseball? Is baseball really important in your family? Um. I, I, yes, I would say that uh, baseball is not important. In my family, so much as the New York Mets are important in my family, uh, it's a thing of like my 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 brother is uh, who you guys know. Liam is is a much more knowledgeable sports fan than me. I uh, I love the team. I love the sport. Uh, it all falls apart for me when anybody tries to ask me about any further detail than that. Um, but uh, but like yeah, I don't know. I I feel like my my dad is into it. And he knows a. F- fair amount about baseball but i feel like he just like loves the mets you know um and that's that's where it all comes from for me was just like you know watching games with my dad he would bring me to games uh back when there was still a shea stadium uh fondly remember shea stadium and uh you know to this day i still we like when they made the playoffs in 2015 my my dad my brother and i uh you know like pulled some money together and bought like every home game so we and we sold the seats for like one out of every series or whatever to to kind of pay for the whole operation Hmm. um so i you know i was there in that last world series game that real fucking heartbreaker oh Uh, god um yeah so that's i you know and i I played baseball when i was in uh like the third or fourth grade i was in like the the rec leagues uh in, in my town um 
you know, I was always an overweight asthmatic child, so I never really excelled. But uh, <laughs> I was definitely one of those kids who was like standing in left field, staring at a lady. Uh, well, right field. They would never put me in left. St- standing <laughs> in right field, like staring at a ladybug or thinking his own thoughts or whatever. And like the center fielder's like, I got to run. And if it goes to that fat ass, I have to run in front of him. Uh, like I was definitely that kid. And, and it's sad because. I kind of gained all of my hand-eye coordination and my real passion for sports when I was like in my 20s. Like I was very strangely uncoordinated until I was like 25. And then all of a sudden I could like catch a ball at all, you know? Um, Yeah, I had a similar, I was pretty good at baseball as a kid. Mostly that was because I like knew the rules, you know what I mean? Which I think does give you a leg up at a certain point. And then I kind of lost a lot of interest and skill. And then, yeah, by the time I was like in college and shortly after college, I was like, oh, I'm like actually okay at this and probably should have been trying to play it that that entire time. Yeah, I I wish I had realized like, um, no, you can get better. If you just like run around a lot (laughs) and practice, you will get better. Um, and if I had realized that I'd probably would have like played in high school or what, you know, I, I obviously like, I don't know. I think at a certain point, like either you are born to be a professional athlete or you are not. I mean, I think there's a lot of biological determinism. Mm -hmm. So like that, I don't think I would have even ever played in college or whatever, but I think I could have like played high school baseball if I had like not completely abandoned it, you know, when I was 11 or whatever. That is, uh, something that, uh, I, I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about, but I do think it's lost on kids probably because it was certainly lost on me um, that you uh, practice does, in fact, make you better. And I think the only... Th- uh, Some would argue perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they could say I that... I like say that perfect practice makes perfect. Oh, that's God, true. here that's we true. go. <laughs> well, that's why you're the manager of the softball team, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's and another, uh, you keep promising us that. a trip to Carnegie Hall, dude. What's up with that? <laughs> I practiced three times and I did not make it. There. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the only uh, way that I actually understood that as a kid was like running. Like, oh yeah, yeah. running does get easier um, the more that you do it. Um, but I, I don't think I ever had an appreciation for like getting better skill wise because of practice. Yeah, I kind of figured that out with the guitar a little later on. Like, I I uh, funneled that like urge into uh playing the guitar when i was a teenager but i i definitely like another one of my problems uh, another thing that makes me not great at like organized sports in general i think is i'm the type of person who if i'm not excellent at something immediately i get frustrated and i stop trying uh Mm -hmm. and that has been like a major hurdle for me in trying to develop these things where it's like oh i'm shitty at this thing and i don't have the patience to be shitty for a long time uh until like i'm good at it and that's another thing that came to me like later on in life, especially frankly after, after I started going to therapy. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just like never had the patience to be like really bad at something, and that's uh, I regret that. I wish I had had that much earlier on. Yeah, I agree. I um I played the piano until like eighth grade or something like that, and I got tired of it. And I was like, I was fine at it, but I just kind of got tired and didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, that was probably the one thing I did that I would say relates to what you were saying with the guitar is like, yeah. oh, I recognize that if I practiced, I did a better job. 
Yeah, but, and, I, and I think it would be the same thing with sports. Like, I think I could have gotten better yeah. at hitting a ball. I could have gotten better at, like, aiming my throws. I could have gotten better at, you know, just, like, yeah, moving into the catch or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm remembering now, in fact, my dad, uh, you know, sent me to, like, a baseball camp in the summer. You know, he spent two weeks in the, at the local whatever, um, you know, driving range slash batting cages <laughs> in your town. Uh, and, like, you know, learned how to play the game like effectively i just wasn't uh wasn't like i don't know uh my enthusiasm didn't match that level of like care that people actually took to teach me the game yeah which doesn't feel great but that's why i know how to play at a basically competent level you know even now we could probably all be in the majors now i think so Especially it's now, especially now well, that there is no baseball. Yeah, There's yeah, literally we, no competition. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Honestly, maybe we should get to work, and we could say this time next year we'll, we should be in the majors. Yeah, and we'll all lose our virginity together at the majors. <laughs> by baseball prompt, by the World Series. Yeah. We're all going to lose our virginity. Together. <laughs> together. <laughs> I want to fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the baseball season obviously is in a, uh, standstill. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only real news this week was that, uh, Major League Baseball and, and the Players Association reached an agreement for the postponed season, money-wise and that kind of stuff. The main news being like, oh, there's gonna be, um... Oh, players will be getting paid some amount of money and uh that also the the league has the right to expand the postseason so like if they are able to start uh playing they might just play through december oh wow so they, they wouldn't they wouldn't shorten the already precious limited amount of games in the regular season <laughs> they would instead elongate the postseason i think that they would pro- i think it probably depends on when they were able to start okay um but i think they would probably they have the right to maybe finish closer to december if a if a season is played so they're so, just going to play all of those games indoors or uh, i guess yeah, in the that south would be the thing right yeah um something like that or like I can't imagine. Yeah, it's like the the Minnesota Twins and the the Rockies are the only two teams who made it who made it to the World Series. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, and they got to play in December. I don't know. What to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Although um, the the twin, I guess the Twin Stadium is is has a dome, right? Does it? Uh, no, their their old stadium did, but their current one does not. Right. Okay. Um, the other news that is good, I think, is that um, this will count as a um as like service time for players so if the whole season is suspended like it still counts as a year of service for in terms of like free agency and things like that oh that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah so um that's, that's really- a good a good thing nice yeah, i think that's i think that's great to strike because like whether you're playing or not you're still getting older you know you're still right. uh yeah yeah for sure exactly. And and um, if you're like you know the the one good thing that Cleveland has going for it you know it, it, you don't even need to play this last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. I'm, it, I mean, it's just dawning on me that Francisco Lindor might 
not walk on that baseball field again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, the same thing with like uh, the Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers. Yeah. Like, if they don't play this year, they just gave up a bunch of assets for somebody that's not going to play for them. Oh, dude, Mike would love that. You know he's pulling <laughs> for that. As much as he loves baseball, I think he would just love for that to happen despite them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it seems like it's um, generally a, uh, a, a, a pretty player-friendly deal. Yeah, that seems um, good. The money thing is the only thing it's, like, less clear about, that it's, like, some tiered system of amount of money, but uh, who knows. Um, they getting that $1,200 uh, from the yeah, government? Yeah, they're, they're all getting $1,200. Are they – now, when they get the – they're going to get the full 600 added to their unemployment or <laughs> – Yeah, they get the full 600 How does that work? Because it's, like, a little – it's a little shaky above, like, 75000 Well, baseball players make, like, $80,000, right? I think that's what baseball players make, right? Yeah, like a lot. Of, they make a lot of money, so, like, $80,000. Yeah, it's something, <laughs> so, it's something either like that or the league minimum is probably around $180,000, something like that. Is that true? League minimum is like well, it's so outside of the bit. What is the league minimum? I always I assumed think the league it was minimum like, like no, I think it's like five between five and six hundred. Five and six hundred thousand dollars, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's Good. not bad. Not bad. No, that, now probably I should joking, be more, but it's still. Now, now I don't feel bad for Tom Berger in Major League it, when he says I make the league minimum. It's like okay, well that's still yeah. a half a million dollars. You it was probably jackass. much less than. I, I don't know. I'm not willing to do the research. <laughs> yeah, that um, movie took place in the future, I think. Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. Okay, I might, I might be wrong about it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, that's the big news. There's also some implications for the the amateur draft as well. They're just going to trim that. Um, oh yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, given that the like. The MLB, you know, agreement is very good. Are they going to just like shoot all the minor leaguers like horses? Like what? <laughs> what, is, what are they going to do with like the double A players? Like, yeah, they're all going to be glue, and then but they also have to still work as carpenters or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean that has got to be a really rough spot that those players are in right now. Yeah. Um, I always think really... I always think about like the prime example for me for like how bad it can be in the minors is just like R.A. Dickey's entire story about like, yeah, I was like a, a you know, triple A ball player, but also functionally homeless. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. we made do. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's, yeah. it's rough. There, I mean, you do have to imagine there's like all these companies out there who are laying off their employees so they can collect unemployment. Um, and it just seems like at, at that level of baseball, like, W wouldn't they also just do that like yeah the, the yeah. contract stipulations are probably like incredibly I, I, nightmarish but giving given how horrible it is i wouldn't be surprised if they're already classified as part-time or gig workers oh yeah, <laughs> yeah can't collect anyway you know what i mean like there's some kind of contract where actually they only do work 32 hours a week as baseball players so uh sorry i'm uh, i'm looking at something now um and hey, you know you're gonna love to hear this. Don't worry, guys. They're still getting their three hundred to four hundred dollar weekly per deal. Oh, that's good. Yep, it's not enough. 
money no. at all, but no. they're still getting what they would have been getting. Well, I think suppose. about think about it this way, Joey. It's basically a government stimulus check every month, except for February. So yeah, except for February, and and also they are not eligible to apply for unemployment. I think mm. probably. Okay, well that's not as good. But <laughs> um, given the fact that they'll get that stimulus check too, there'd be one month where they can make rent, and I think that that's. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's beneficial yeah one foot in front of the other you know <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying lift yourself up by your by your bootstraps is what i say yeah uh, yeah the miners hey while we're talking about it are insane um and they're gross uh the yeah. way that the players are treated um are those players not involved in like the players union do you have to you're in the mlb and that's I believe so. I believe the players, it's called like the Major League Baseball Players Association. So I think you are not a member until you are in the majors. Yeah, that makes a, a certain degree of like cold, cruel sense, to be quite honest, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it still sucks. It still sucks that you have that sort of like, uh, you know, the way baseball used to be before players were people in the, in the 1950s or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and you still have to, like, just live that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's a really hard life. And, um, and it's also something that, like, feels like maybe teams are starting to experiment a little bit with like trying to improve the quality of life of their minor league players. Well, that's good. Um, I know that like some, is there some team that maybe built like <clears throat> a facility that also houses minor league players or something like that in some hmm. of their areas. And I think they're trying, they're starting to feed them a little bit better. I mean, it used to like, the food that they were given was just like a fucking piece of bread. Yeah, I saw uh, that. It was like worse than the fire festival uh, sandwiches. It it was like a bologna sandwich or something like that. There was like a a thread on Twitter where some player was saying, "So this is what they had for us to eat," and I ordered a salad uh, from Sweet Green or something instead, and they told me I was contractually obligated to eat that sandwich, and like not the salad. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. That's so weird. And you would think that, like, a team that decides, like, oh, we're going to start providing good food for our minor league players, like, is only going to improve the chances that those players improve and become, like, good major league viable players. It seems like such Um, a minor investment in something that will have big payout. Sure, yeah. I think... um... I think, though, that uh, – and, you know, this is a hobby horse of all three of us. I think you're running into certain, you know, maybe contradictions within sort of the capitalist structure, you know? Uh, the idea that, like, yeah, it would make more sense to provide for these people so that they could uh, perform better. But it's like you also need to maintain what Marx called the reserve army of labor. You need all of these, like, precarious, desperate people to continue working for as little as possible – uh, so that you can like maintain the profit margin, right? You treat everybody good, and then it starts to be a thing where it's not making as much money, and it's already like uh, a a thin margin in the first place. You know that like that that cruelty is a choice, and it's a choice to just like wring a little more surplus value out of every individual who plays. You know that oh. sucks, Sean. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's also I think it's also part of me. <laughs> part of me has a thing where like ideologically, I think it operates on a level, and I I, I think this is true throughout uh, uh, our system of of economy, accustoming you to mistreatment, mm-hmm. and making it so that the every generation of people who like makes it to the majors has been in a level of depredation uh that one accustoms them to being treated like shit so as that happens the further you go up until you're like a rod or jeter and you can own a team Mm -hmm. uh you're fine with it and you don't listen to people who uh critique it or people below you who have major problems because it's like well i did that too like it's it's hazing but on a like weird you know like I'm not allowed to eat the salad level. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the yeah. student loan forgiveness thing all over the place. You'd be like, I paid off my student loans. Why? Exactly. Like, w- yeah. They these people below us shouldn't have to get them forgiven. Yeah, and I and I think at a certain level too, like you know, uh, 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 Mike Trout can't make the millions of dollars he makes if everybody in the minor leagues makes league minimum. You know what I mean? Like there's just whether yeah, that's whether that's actually true or not. I think that that's again the rationale. Right, like they have to make less so that you know, whoever can make twenty three million dollars over the course of ten years or whatever. Right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And 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 at the same time, I do want Mike Trout to make as much money as Mike Trout can make. Of course. Yeah. He's a worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, but I think you're right that like. Yeah, those those at least for the the argument that is going to be made is that yes. those things are intertwined with each other. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I, I don't know how does um, I actually don't know how like major league baseball like the owners does is it a um analogous system to like the NFL where like all the owners belong to the NFL and that's like a nonprofit that dictates the terms of things or is it a little less like cartelly? I think it's a little less than that. It, I, I cannot believe that the NFL is a, is actually a nonprofit organization, but it's so it's not like it's not like that crazy. But all of the teams, I believe, are like you know, un, all of the owners are represented by a commissioner of baseball who is also an owner, right? right. So like, it's all part of the same thing but maybe there's a little bit more autonomy between the teams um uh there's um i know that they do like profit sharing and things like that between the teams as well yeah um but i don't i don't know enough about it i guess to speak on it that much i don't know brady do you no i don't really all i know is that there's billionaire owners who cry about we we can't afford to do this and i don't know yeah all these people with money can afford to do anything they want they just don't want to if you can afford to give your money to bernie madoff you you can afford Mm -hmm. to fucking do whatever you know (laughs) and the wilpons by the way who own the mets are are still trying to sell the team in the midst of all of this yeah complaining about (laughs) complaining about how they're going to get a little less for it than they would you're selling the mets like yeah (laughs) you're talking about whatever well i think if we do in fact 
make it to the majors by this time next year, we'll all at least be making that league minimum, which, you know, that what is that, like $1.5 million? That should be enough, right? We'll, uh, we'll grab yeah. the Mets. Yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah, we'll grab we'll, the Mets. We'll, we'll combine all three of our uh, entire year salary to buy the Mets. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I Okay. But I, and I think it's going to work, too, because, like, you know, Bill Maher is a part owner of the Mets. He is comedy. We come from comedy. So, like, we'll have a place to, like, start negotiations with Bill Maher specifically. We, and we love Bill Maher. And we love Bill Maher. Uh, uh, we'll buy the Binghamton Mets first. <laughs> then uh, we'll, we'll get a piece of the Hudson Valley Renegades. And then we'll buy the regular Mets, <laughs> is what will happen. Yeah. It's yeah, all about leveraging, leveraging right. at every level. Yeah. Okay, I'm in. Hey. Okay, great. I'm glad. Yeah. Anything just to talk to Bill Maher. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess kind of related to the minor leagues and all this stuff, uh, but, um, prior, you know, what, a couple of months ago, I don't know. I, I what is time anymore? But yeah. one to two months ago, uh, Bernie Sanders like tweeted in support of minor league players, right? Yeah, and and like this was talking... in De- this was in December. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Uh, there was something like uh, they were trying to cut or like essentially destroy a couple minor yeah, league teams. The, the the MLB had uh sorry, I just pulled it up on CNN from back from December. So, the MLB stated its intention to eliminate 42 of its 160 oh, minor league teams. That's crazy. Yeah. So, he met with the MLB commissioner, Rod Manfred, sent repeated letters to the organization voicing his concerns as negotiations. I also like to imagine Bernie Sanders sitting at an actual typewriter, like, writing letters to baseball. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't do this. Do your baseball. Minor <laughs> <laughs> league players, the 99% of baseball players, they deserve a living wage. <laughs> I am not a crank. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, just what a what a like, uh, w- what a great moment for uh, baseball Bernie Sanders supporters. <laughs> like, yeah. like oh, just he, a true. He, he literally did did say, "Well, if we can pay pitchers and football players and basketball players tens of million dollars a year, we can pay every teacher in this country at least sixty thousand dollars a year." <laughs> I love this guy. I love it. <laughs> I also I, I really really do love that he loves baseball. Okay. Yeah. Well, first he of all, brought a minor league team to Burlington. Yeah, he was mayor. Oh, really? That's in great. The 80s. Yeah, the Vermont Lake Monsters. In- incredible. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that he's good at basketball, but loves baseball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's the, he's the ultimate good athlete from the 1960s. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> he can sink free throws from wherever, but he really loves baseball. Because he's a Brooklyn boy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I also I, love that I, he loves the Dodgers, but it's because he knew them as the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I I'm surprised that did, has he kept that fandom at all? Does he still support the Dodgers as they are? I don't know. I don't think uh, that would surprise me, just because my uh, my grandmother on my mom's side was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan and uh, like denounced the team when it moved. You know, broke. Yeah. Heart. I, I know a lot. I know a lot of people who like 
or not a lot of people, my father knew a lot of people, I should say, mm -hmm. who basically like gave up baseball fandom entirely oh, wow. when oh. uh, that happened. Yeah, I have a, I have one, uh, one, one of my Nana's stories about the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, which is, I think, almost certainly a lie, but it's a great story that she tells when she was uh, in high school. She wanted to go see a game, so she skipped school to go see a game, uh, went down to Ebbets Field, and uh, her mother at the time worked uh, as a seamstress or something like that and had the game on the radio. It was like a day game. Had the game on on the radio while she was uh, working, and as my grandmother tells it, uh, apparently she was like, come on, you bums. I got to get home before my mom's off of work, and on the radio, her mother heard her say that. Like somehow it was picked up by the radio broadcast. And when she got home, her mother knew she had been at the game because she had heard Nan on the radio. That's one of my favorite stories she used to tell. And I'm like, I, after a while, I was like, this is almost certainly a lie, but I love that you tell this. Story. That's incredible. I would never, I never would have said that to her face, but yes, yeah, uh, that's one of my great. favorite stories she used to tell. Uh, like, yeah, okay. She heard you on the radio. Yes, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing, I, I, I can't read this New York Times article, but the headline is Bernie Sanders is still sad about the Dodgers. Oh, that's that a was, great article, by the way. I read okay. that when it came out. And that, yeah, that was only two months ago or something like that. So, yeah. Um, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that was a, yeah, that's a great fine. little piece, honestly. Uh, I'm watching the um the Ken Burns baseball documentary right now, um and they today they just played this uh little segment um talking about uh Babe Ruth hitting a huge dinger, calling a shot or whatever, rounding the bases, crossing home and looking uh into the stands and there's just FDR just rolling laughing. He loved it. <laughs> My dude loved baseball, so we need another baseball president. I, I well, and I mean, think about it. Like Bernie Sanders, at his core, is is an FDR, New Deal Democrat, loves baseball. I mean, it would it would be the absolute return of like the Roosevelt years. It, yeah, I mean, folks, <laughs> folks, I know. You know who was a baseball president though? Unfortunately, was George W. Bush. Yes. Well, he owned he owned a part of the Texas Rangers, right? Yeah, and he was like a very good baseball player. Was he like, really? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, that's no. right. I knew he yeah. led at Yale, but I didn't know anything about. Um, uh, and like, and there, like, whenever he would throw out a first pitch, he would do a very, very good job. He's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that which sucks. Yeah, I hate it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I remember um, uh, him as a football president. Mostly because he choked on that pretzel while watching the game. <laughs> Eat that, dude. I forgot about the pretzel. I forgot about the pretzel. Mission accomplished. Has, here's my here's my question: ha, Has Donald Trump done anything as singularly buffoonish as choke on a pretzel? I mean, he stared. At an eclipse, which was pretty he did bad. Stare directly into the sun. You're right. That that counts for me. <laughs> Staring yeah. directly into the sun during a, an eclipse. During is, an eclipse. 
after yeah. and, and amidst just everybody saying like don't look don't, at it please, yeah sir please stop looking at the sun <laughs> i think that's mr. dumber mr president please stop looking at the sun it's definitely dumber unfortunately maybe not quite as buffoonish as um almost dying yeah. because you choke yeah. on a pretzel. It's, it's, on a pretzel. It's, yeah, it's that's buffoonery at its highest level. <laughs> uh, I was not like I I hadn't donated to Bernie's campaign yet, and then um he I got an email that was like, hey, donate, donate any amount, we'll send you a baseball card. Oh, you yeah, you and I was up like, in the baseball oh, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Like that's all that's all it takes for yeah. me to cement my uh confirmation already that i was gonna <laughs> yeah i got that baseball card it's... i don't have that baseball card you know the only baseball card i own is a baseball card they made to co- to commemorate bartolo cologne's only uh home run that's incredible <laughs> that is it's so, so good i have it next to me oh i can show it to you on camera uh that's great I, it's so funny that they made a baseball yeah card it's it's oh him just doing God. his best. <laughs> and that's a picture of him when he hit the home run. I love it. I love it. You got it in the protective yeah. case, too. That's yeah, you great. got your protective it case. Ca- it came in that. I don't know. <laughs> that's perfect. Leave me alone. Uh, it's, it's, in a, it's in a drawer next to condoms and Game Boy games. <laughs> my, truly my junk drawer. <laughs> um, the one great thing about that Bernie Sanders um, card is, like, um, hits, uh, hits right um, – throws right politics left oh i love it <laughs> so good i forget if he actually is a lefty or a righty but politics definitely left yeah uh he is a righty judging right, by this yeah. picture of him swinging a bat all right <laughs> I, I was i have it i have that uh times article that bernie sanders is still said about the dodgers up and there's a picture of him like swinging at the plate and he's got he's in the right side so- right hander batter's box Good to know. Well, I just said I just said it. Yeah. Good to know. I'm looking good. at a picture. <laughs> good to good to know. <laughs> Impressed that you just knew that off the cuff. Dude. That's true. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. We're in the room together. We're not social distancing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Irresponsible. So Irresponsible. Like you, you kind of just now, even though you just kind of like pay attention to the Mets in like a general way. Now you would say. Uh, yeah, I go in and out of it. Um, you know, I, I take that sort of cycle that I think a lot of people who have a longstanding love for uh, crappy teams where, like, in April or May, I'm all in. I'm, like, reading everything. I'm like, they're going to do it this year. And then by August, I'm just, like, hurting myself watching these games, not even knowing the names of the people who are on the fucking mound at that point. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It depends. Like um every couple of years i'm like all right this is the year i'm gonna be like really about baseball you know uh and i'll i'll you know get the mlb package or whatever and and i'll watch the games and stuff i just uh i don't have the patience to maintain everybody's war in my head you know what i mean oh yeah for sure i'm not the i you know i could i always know who the starting lineup is i you know i could tell you the the pitching rotation and all that kind of stuff but uh i can't go into like you know I, i don't know how many you know uh, uh, how many home runs Pete Alonso hit? Well, I did know that year, but uh, <laughs> so what? Uh, what you're saying yeah. is you're most baseball fans in America. I feel like I, I feel like I have a pretty standard, yeah. But yeah. I, I feel very passionate about my team, you know. Uh, and some of that is like an aesthetic, 
thing. Like the tribalism of it is part of it for me. Like, you know, I have my Mets hat. I have a tattoo of Mr. Matt on my leg. Um, and it's like, you know, what it is to me. It's my city. It's the sport I love. It's the underdog nature of it. Um, you know, I was born the year after the Amazons, uh, one in 86. And, you know, that was a big thing for my dad too. And the 69 Mets and all that, uh, uh, love Tom Seaver, you know, uh, yeah. love Mary Kuzman cause it's a funny name. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, obviously it was a, a bit bandwagony, but because they had such a fire year in 2015, that's probably where the peak of it was for me, just because I was like going to so many games um but like i watch you know i i watch as many as i can uh and like if if it's on i'll put it on and if i'm home i'll like you know schedule time to watch like the mets game tonight you know yeah yeah um that's great i that's that's i think a very healthy fandom of something yeah and it's it, it's also just one of those things where like you know it does become punishing after a while when it, when it's a team like the Mets. Yeah, for sure. They're so synonymous with like sh- being a shitty baseball team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, there's, you know, certain ritualistic things like my brother and I go to opening day every year. Uh, we like make a point to take off of work and go to opening day. And oh, that's great. Field. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I love it. I love that sort of thing. That's amazing. Yeah. Can I ask you, do um, several of your very good friends constantly bring up uh, the 2015 loss um, just to spite you and get you in your feelings? Sometimes. I mean, it's happened. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. Brady, are you kind of relating that to something that you experienced? Yeah, Brady, is there – is that – that felt pointed. That was sort of pregnant with something. Yeah, it was 2016. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh, how did you feel after that? World how did you Series? feel after that? I felt bad. I, <laughs> I still feel bad. 2015 okay. felt really, really bad, especially because the 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 NLDS that year against the Dodgers was like so electric. So fired up. That was like the Utley slide and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, just like I, I was at the the game three of that. So that was after uh, Utley. Who's it? It was um, Ruben Tejada, right? That he, yeah. that he injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After he he broke Ruben's hip or whatever <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, and the next game was at City Field. So it was the first playoff game ever played at City Field. The first division series they had been in in a while. And we were like baying for this dude's blood. Uh, and it was truly one of the most electric atmospheres I have mm-hmm. ever been in in my life. Like, I have never felt that way before. Being in a crowd of people and just that energy coming together, that – that it must have – you know, it was – I don't know. I don't know. There's an indescribable thing to it, but it was, like, so electrifying and – you know, by the time the you know third inning rolled around and um, Cespedes had hit like two home runs already, and it was just <laughs> insane. And they swept the Cubs. You know, yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a really fun. I mean, I I like the incredible. Mets. I'm not like a Mets fan, but I like the Mets. And yeah, that was really 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 fun. Post- I think I think they were like a very root forable team that year. Yes, too. yeah, big time. You know, and you had uh, you know, despite. Uh, uh, what a cretin he is in real life. Daniel Murphy's like postseason 
Mm-hmm. Where he just went from being this sort of middle of the road guy to like scoring, you know, half of the runs that the Mets scored in the postseason. Yeah. Him just emerging, you know, like the it was one of those things where it was this anti-money ball thing where it was all like momentum and feeling <laughs> and like gumption that all of a sudden launched them to this postseason set of victories that was just yeah. so I don't know, like almost spiritual, uh, which was amazing. Um, I also encountered the drunkest man I ever saw at one of the games. <laughs> we were in we were in um right field was where our seats were. Not far from the pole and like down pretty much on the ground level, um, you know, but up in that first uh what would you call it? You know, where you can walk that first level of like you know, where the Shea Bridge is and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was standing there and he was screaming at the ump, uh, like ball and strike calls. I from mean, could, there. Not be, could not be further away from the umpire, could not be further away from the umpire. And at one point, he, he's wasted. And it's like the game is pretty much over. The like these minute things barely matter. But at one point, he just out of nowhere goes, Are you gonna call a fair game or what? <laughs> <laughs> like the sixth inning he's just the drunkest cubs fan i've ever seen that's oh, incredible oh, were great. you were you there i know that we went to uh a giants game once joey were you yeah, there? yeah probably a couple years ago were you there that uh for this but i know my brother and i were there maybe it was just us but <laughs> the giants are in town and uh it was a game where everybody was was excited i can't remember whether it was Degrom or syndergaard who was on the mound but you know one of those one of our two mm-hmm. boys uh everybody was like excited going crazy like we were, oh you know what this was this was that wild card game that they played in 2016 oh, sure. right uh-huh. yeah, yeah so we were at that wild card game that's what it was and we and everybody was getting excited. It was the first pitch of the game, <laughs> and Syndergaard, whoever it was, throws a ball, and uh, and like the audience, uh, the audience, the the crowd quiets, and one guy just goes, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> first pitch of the game. I love I love how <laughs> fatalist Mets fans are. The guy just goes, "God." Damn it! Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Mets fans, I, I feel I like, are uniquely for an hour. I think I, I think I stopped <laughs> laughing around the seventh inning. It it's incredible. The funniest thing, yeah. That's so funny. I really I, feel the... like Mets fans are uniquely like defeatist in uh, that yeah. sort of way. Probably, it's for like sure. a, it's like a New York pessimism with a bad baseball team pessimism. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. If they're an expansion team. They're like the fourth New York team that's ever existed. Like. It's such a weird, weird like uh, I don't know, little brother vibe that we have. Yeah, when I was I, when I was a kid, I went to a lot of San Diego Padres games, and Padres fans are notorious for like not knowing anything about baseball. Sure, and yeah. um, who cares? You got a zoo. You're, you're in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and there, there was this one time where, like, at the end of the first inning, the Padres, um, the defensively they went, uh, uh, they didn't give up a hit at the end of the first inning, right? Mm-hmm. So they went three up, three down. And a guy in front of us was like, oh, we could be seeing a no-hitter today. Incredible. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. Oh, my God. I, I would I, – you know what? You know, what the, you know what's funny to do? You know what we should all start doing is every time we go to a baseball game, if the, if, if the first pitch isn't a hit, say that. We could be seeing a no-hitter today. 
or even like like at the at the ceremonial first pitch like you know when some little little kid or a firefighter or whatever throws out the first pitch you can be a no hitter today that's literally true one of my favorite things to do uh when watching like ohio state football games was if they scored early um just say like they're on pace to win 183 to nothing (laughs) have you guys uh i know it wasn't we didn't discuss it pre-show but have you guys ever talked about like your favorite announcers because can I say that one of the main things that I love about the Mets, one of my favorite things in the world that keeps me coming back is Gary, Keith, and Ron. Uh, the SNY crew of uh, Keith Hernandez, Gary Cohen, and Ron Darling are the best announcers in sports, bar none, because at about the third inning, they start talking about restaurants. And <laughs> 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 back to the game. Yeah. I, Gary, Keith, and Ron are the goats to me. Uh, I, I mean yeah. – they're so fun. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they're really, really good. The Giants announcers are really good. Like it, it makes it makes it a lot easier to tune into those games. I feel like when you yeah. have like really, really good uh, yeah. announcers. Yeah, for sure. I think everybody has an affinity for their their home squad. Um, yeah, for sure. We talked about, and we definitely should do this this would probably be a good episode to do in the next couple of months uh yeah. without baseball um do like a sort of like round table uh where we just like call and have people talk about their uh, home announcers and yeah maybe we'll play like a home run call or something from each oh that's yeah fun. like that's yeah. favorite calls i think would be fun yeah Ga- i mean gary's uh gary's it's out of here is always incredible when yeah uh, when a home run gets hit and uh, their calls of uh um uh bartolo's homer was oh i yes i watched that again recently because i was pulling it for something i was pulling the clip of uh oh you know what it was it was the live stream we did uh Mm -hmm. for like the sort of follower alerts on the twitch i pulled the it's out of here from that specifically uh and uh gary goes he has done the impossible (laughs) (laughs) it has happened they and it's just so good i mean bartolo cologne's whole thing being just like a 45-year-old fat man uh, uh, who stole all our hearts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, incredible. Big yeah. Sexy. I lo- I miss Big Sexy so much. Yeah, but, he's, uh, great. he's great. But yeah, Gary's It's Out of Here is great. Um, you know, like Keith talking about his dad all of the time, just trying to work out his issues. Then every once in a while, Jerry Seinfeld shows up. You know, it's, it's great. <laughs> what more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Howie Rose, great radio announcer, too. Yeah. They used to have yeah, Ralph Kiner that, come on. Before he passed away, Ralph Kiner would come on. Oh, cool. uh, and he was so old, you know, because this was like in the 2000s when I was conscious of him. Uh, he was so old that he just always sounded drunk, you know, and he could only <laughs> do like two innings. And it, it's, it was just, it was always a distinct pleasure. Like on yeah. Fridays, he would do the sixth inning or whatever. That's a dream. Absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. Absolutely we'll, love we'll definitely, we'll have you back to maybe talk about that Bartolo call. Or you know, yeah. any oh, yeah, for sure, anything. Yeah, uh, Sean, you got anything to uh, plug before we uh, take off here? Um, yeah, just uh, just something I'm working on a, a Twitch channel uh, that you boys were on and will be on again uh, mm-hmm. called Comedy Commons. So it's uh, Twitch.tv uh, slash Comedy underscore Commons, uh, and uh, it is sort of a I don't know using Twitch as a like cooperative platform for 
whatever. You know, I'm kind of running UCB New York's uh, uh, like Harold and Lloyd teams doing shows there, like when they would have been if the theater wasn't closed because of COVID. Uh, doing some gaming streams, got like you guys came on to just like chat and play. Uh, what was it? Baseball 2049 was the name of the game, yeah. Baseball Highlights 2045, baseball highlights 2049, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we got something from uh, James Dwyer coming up soon. Dan Moore, Kelly Quinn, and Shelly Marr are gonna do something soon, like just a couple of things like that coming up. So, just like a lot of content on that Twitch. Um, and that's the that's the big thing for me right now. Uh, it's the only thing I got, yeah. Running. It's really great. It's really cool that there's something like that right now, Sean. Yeah. So it's thank fun. you for uh, organizing that. Yeah, yeah it was a ton of... of fun when we did it. I, I yeah, can't wait for us to do it again. Good. Yeah. I'm glad, boys. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was uh, a blast, Sean. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. An absolute yeah. pleasure. Thank yeah. you very much. We appreciate it. We'll All see right. y'all next time. Thanks for listening. The Beanball is hosted by Joey Price and Brady O'Callaghan. Our music is by Louis Aronowitz, and our logo is by Diana Kolsky. If you want to reach us, you can email thebeanballpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you might get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. People are going to love it, dude. (laughs)